What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 197 of your favorite podcast, The Great Eye Podcast. I'm Rosh Hudson Mahaley, and today I'm going to talk to you about what is a depletion workout and why are we utilizing it. I think there's some good stuff in here you guys are going to enjoy. As always, Great Eye Podcast brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. Use code Mahaley at checkout to support your boy. If you could, scroll down to the bottom of the page, leave us a five-star rating and review. I can't wait to chat with you guys. I'll see you inside. What is happening, you guys? I have... I am so excited to be here chatting with you guys. I've been working on something really, 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 really freaking exciting. Like, extremely exciting. Um, not something I can give a ton of information on yet. Um, it's, it's, I'm, I'm working in conjunction with uh, the NPC and the IFBB to um, further our sport and uh, get it to an even bigger stage. Man, I'm really freaking excited for what's coming. Um, but that along with... Um, Know, nationals preps and and there's a show battle of texas this weekend um obviously taking a lot of time so i appreciate everyone um, always being patient when things get super busy uh you know i need to make sure my clients are always getting their cups filled first and foremost uh but i'm actually i'm heading to dallas tonight and i was like man i really want to get off a podcast uh before i go and also you know i also, just really appreciate so many of you um, are sharing like your year in review things, um, and you know I've um, I'm very fortunate to have so many of you supporting um, the podcast and um, you know having Grow or Die podcast as your top uh, listen to podcast of the year. It's crazy. Um, I did about thirty less episodes this year than than I did last year. Um, obviously, a ton of travel. Obviously, last year with COVID. Um, so about 30 less episodes and I have just under 40% more listens total than I had last year. Grover dies over a million listens, um, now worldwide, which is really freaking cool. Um, actually we're coming up on 1.2 million, uh, which is really dope. Um, 800 reviews, which is really fucking cool. And I, 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 I just, I appreciate you guys support a ton, but, um, I see this, <laughs> I see this, this term thrown around and it's something I want to talk about. It's called a depletion workout. And people talk about this like in their peak week or like on a low, low carb day or um, just however they want to, to utilize the term of a de depletion workout. And what they're getting at is that, you know, we're draining the body of, you know, the last little bit of glycogen before I get a high day or a refeed or before we carve up for the show or whatever. Um, it's most commonly used in peak week and, you know, during a depletion workout, I think, I guess, what people want to do is they want to just kind of empty the tank and, um, I guess the physiology behind what they want to do is make themselves extremely insulin sensitive uh, for whatever high day is coming their way or whatever bolus of calories is coming their way. But the, the, the term depletion workout just doesn't carry a lot of weight because every single training session you do throughout the entire year is a depletion workout, right? Like every time you go into the gym, you go in and you train and it pulls glycogen from your muscle cell and it goes into, uh, um, it pulls glycogen from your muscle, it gets utilized and mitochondria's 
predominantly in the muscle cells, the muscles you're working, but systemically um, as well, you know, mitochondria is of all different types of muscle cells, not just localized muscle cells uh, um, that are in relation to the muscle you're working are utilizing energy, right, during these. So, like, a, a depletion workout is just a normal fucking workout, but I think we're, 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 we're like... <laughs> We're putting some sort of weight on it that's not quite accurate, and and we're acting as if it's going to do something that it's not. Listen, so if we're close to a show, our biggest goal is to minimize stress as much as possible, okay? Something that does not minimize stress a ton is pushing a, a, a training session, all right? Um, when you push a training session, we obviously push uh, systemic inflammation, which there's a time and a place for. I mean, if you have someone send you post-training picks and they just look full and round as fuck in their post-training picks, but don't have a lot of water on their physique, man, it might be good to like train the day before and even the day of the show, get a nice little pump from that, right? Because the reality is, the goal is just finding your best look. And, you know, I, I always say your best look likely comes the day after your best sleep, um, which, you know, is pretty true in about 99% of contest prep um, places, which is why, like, something I used in the last um, week to help achieve the best sleep is, like, a, a little shot of vodka. But the reality is your your depletion workout, if this is in peak week and your goal was to make your body extremely insulin sensitive for like bringing in carbs or things of the like, which are far too focused on, um, then did, did we really do much of anything? You're adding stress, you're adding inflammation, or you can say, well, you, yeah, you know, but I only trained a 70% of effort. And that's, dude, that's perfectly fine. That's cool. That's well, that's still a stress. That's still a variable to respond to. Your stress is very heightened whenever you're on low food. And when you get to the last week of a show, you've clearly been on lower food um, than what your baseline need is to maintain body fat. And that's why you have dropped body fat. So by the time you get to this final week, you are depleted already, period. You're not going to be full to the gills. You're already extremely insulin sensitive. Your body is already in a massive deficit that you've elicited upon it over the last however many weeks your contest prep was that I think we're focusing on the wrong things and we're kind of missing the mark here. A rest is more important than a depletion workout and is more important than carving up. Um, you know, it's, it's One thing to also keep in mind about this whole carving up situation or the depletion workout situation, so you deplete and you force the systemic rise of insulin in your body while you're training, okay? And we, we are beg the body's begging for nutrients. I just trained. I have an immune system response, which is inflammation. Um, I have localized responses within muscle cells. I, I, I need to facilitate something to recover all this, and I haven't had enough to facilitate optimal recovery for the body in weeks and weeks and weeks because my, my owner is, is stripping body fat and all of that stuff. So 
we train and then we carve, what we have to understand, insulin response raises aldosterone. So we have an insulin response from the training. Now we are going to bring in an, an insulin response from carving up. So we're going to increase aldosterone, which anytime we have increased aldosterone, we are commonly going to get a muddier looking physique. That's kind of what I call it is a muddier looking physique. We're like, something just doesn't quite look right. We have lines, we have fullness, but something just doesn't quite look right. There's just a, a film that's over the, the entire body systemically that just really, really, really needs to not be there. So how do we offset this? Well, first, I guess we could talk about what is aldosterone. And essentially, it affects the body's ability to um, regulate blood pressure. So it sends signals to like the kidney, um, the colon, like other organs that it, um, essentially calls for an increase in the amount of sodium that the body sends into the bloodstream, or it signals how much potassium should be released in the urine, right? Um, it is a hormone. Um, it also causes the bloodstream to like reabsorb uh, water with uh, the sodium to increase blood volume. Um, it's it's its goal is um, to essentially like it just wants to maintain the body's electrolyte and pH levels as simply put as as it can possibly be and and in, in a healthy individual aldosterone is you know always rather it's consistent there's not a lot that really goes wrong with aldosterone very commonly. In a very lean individual, someone who maybe just lost a lot of blood or has had a traumatic injury where they lost a lot of blood or um, like someone who's just really put their body through a lot of, you know, trauma, if you will, which you can argue at the end of a contest preparation, uh, if you're truly ready for a show, um, like you're, you're actually in shape for the show, you can argue that your body was put through a lot of trauma to get there. And it's a little bit difficult to manipulate aldosterone. Um, you know, one way, again, one way that I use this is through a vodka shot. Vodka can kind of cut off testosterone. Testosterone. Aldosterone. We don't want it to cut off testosterone. Can cut off, cut off aldosterone. And this coincidingly goes along with what I mentioned earlier. Your best look likely comes the day after your best sleep. Sometimes to get the best sleep, we use a vodka shot to cut the nerves. Well, Another byproduct of this is it cuts the aldosterone as well. So vodka can be very beneficial in the last week. Now, if you don't have a coach who uses it or believes in it, don't like go using it and stuff behind their back. Like there's this is a variable. This is a dehydration variable that you need to be able to um, compensate for, right? So this is just how I do it. This is just what I do. Okay. Um, sometimes what I will do in a physique that I know can handle, I'll use a small amount of diuretic. Um, like, I mean, I'm talking a small amount, like hardly even a measurable amount of, of a diuretic, like a, um, aldactone would kind of be the preferred to cut off aldosterone, but diazide can as well. Um, and if you need to carb really hard, this can be extremely beneficial. Now I have said in the past, well, if you use diuretics, you're probably never, the, the likelihood of you getting full on stage is probably not going to be very high. Um, but whereas if we're using diuretic to, for the goal of, Oh shit, we need to pull off this excess water, like a lot of it, 
yeah, you're probably not going to get full. But the reality is, like, being full on stage is one of the more overrated things that, you know, you could possibly have. If we use the dreadic for the, I guess, the reason of, well, let's just keep aldosterone at bay. Let's try to, let's try to help the body stay as baseline as possible. Yeah, there's an, every single action has an opposite and equal reaction. You're going to have an opposite and equal reaction of the diuretics. So understand half lives, onset times, things like how to mitigate, um, and how to prolong the effect as well um, so that we don't have any of those reactions. And then after the show, obviously, if we're going to use a diuretic, we're going to be excreting because aldosterone is going to be cut down. We're going to be excreting things at a higher clip. I personally only believe in like potassium sparing diuretics. So we're probably not going to be getting rid of a ton of potassium. So we shouldn't be taking in more potassium, which is why a burger and fries with the diazide is truly deadly um, as we have seen this year a certain coach likes using that and has literally had athletes die um, it's unbelievable they still have clients and are still allowed to coach that's beside the point um, so we need to keep sodium very stable and conservative we need to keep the water intake conservative but then after the show we need to replenish these electrolytes pretty fucking hard Right, I want to push the electrolytes. Sorry, after the diet, not after the show, after the diazide or the aldactone comes out of the system. Right, I want to push the electrolytes pretty fucking hard and give the body everything from a hydration component that it could possibly have um, to essentially return to a normal place. Right, so again, the half life, the elimination life, um, very, very, very important to to have this information when you're using diuretics. Um, but that's slightly off the topic of the depletion workout. Every single training session uh, that we do is going to be a depletion. And this is why um, a lot of people focus so much like that post-workout meal timing window. Like, oh, we need to get all the carbohydrate back in there. Why? No, we, we need to facilitate recovery and performance. And when we start viewing food in this way of, recovery and performance facilitation, then I think we're going to be a lot better served as to how to best manipulate the physiology of the body and what we are seeing in real time, how the body's reacting, right? We don't want to just feed just to like see the scale go up in the off season. We want to feed to see training performance and recovery go up in the off season. We don't want to feed just in the post-workout window, even during a contest prep or whatever, just in hopes that our body is going to push all this to the muscle. Yes, we're in a very insulin-sensitive state post-training. Absolutely. Yes, the body would like to have some nutrients post-training to be able to mobilize and utilize uh, to help in the recovery. But until you are extremely lean, I mean, very, very, very close, very close to contest shape ready, until you're at that point, your body is going to have enough to like facilitate recovery with you helping it out, right? We have a lot of storage and let's talk about how glycogen storage works. So it's not really possible to like have glycogen stores like 100% full, right? There's always like room for air and room for... Um, <laughs> lack of better terms for, for the nature of the conversation, spillover, room for some spillover. There's 
always room for these things to happen within the body. So we never quite go to 100%. Let's say the body will let the the systemic uh, glycogen loading, which is in the muscle cell and the liver predominantly, gets the same 95%, pretty fucking full to the brim. And then after that, we're kind of like tipping the pot a little bit. And that's kind of when we start seeing things, um, you know, being stored as, uh, being converted into and stored as fat, uh, which is rather difficult for the body to do. It takes a lot more for the body to do that than what most people will really um I guess, have a consumption of. Your body doesn't want to store a bunch of fat, just is it forced to store a bunch of fat? Then obviously it will. Um, so we have this these glycogen stores, and then you go and you train, and, um, well, first all throughout the day, how your metabolism works is it's always, your, your internal temperature is always being regulated, um, you know, by your thyroid, and that's what your metabolism is regulated by thyroid, and we have, you know, systemic blood glucose that's circulating all the time, um, all throughout the day, and we we want that number to stay in a pretty happy range between like seventy and ninety somewhere, and there's a, a really good place to be. You start getting below sixty, you feel a type of way. You start getting above one hundred and ten, you feel a type of way. Those those values are too low or too high, so we want to stay in a rather consistent range, right? So now we go train and we go train and. Um, you know, while you're training, your body wants to keep the blood glucose around, you know, its baseline level as much as possible, but it, it has to respond to what you're asking. So it releases some insulin and it releases some glucose into the bloodstream to facilitate to the muscle cells that are being taxed at the time. And it also wants to facilitate as cortisol is going up your body doesn't want cortisol to go too high cortisol is going up because you're training and you're breaking down muscle protein uh tissue you're having muscle protein breakdown and you know like i said many times what defeats cortisol insulin defeats cortisol glycogen uh, glucose going into the bloodstream forces insulin to rise brings cortisol back down it's just it's all but it's all feedback mechanisms it's just your body responding to whatever blunt force trauma you are enforcing upon it and while you're training you have little tiny micro tears occurring in your muscles and that's where the the muscle protein rebuilding occurs is at that um you know at that little tear right um and so we're depleting glycogen and we're sending it to wherever it needs to go let's say we get down to like 65 percent 70 percent full like we used about 20 percent of our systemic glycogen right we don't need to fucking rush home and just crush muffins and cereals and shit like that to get that glycogen back up to 90. Your body's fine with where it's at. The number one most important item is going to be protein. We don't have anywhere that protein gets stored other than as an actual muscle. So we have to have consistent protein intake all throughout the day in order to allow your body to utilize this for synthesizing of new tissue, right? We can't just not eat protein. So in a post-training setting, I mean, protein's far and away number one. Your glycogen is going to get refilled throughout the rest of the day or on your rest day or things of the like. And this isn't to say like, oh, you know, don't eat carbs post-workout. No, hey, dude, eat your carbs post-workout. But we are vastly overvaluing how much carbs mean in this post-workout window. And even if you're in peak week doing your last workout that you want to post on Instagram and say is a depletion workout three days out from your show, even in that time, your most important nutrient is still protein. Your body will not allow your glycogen to go under a certain point because glycogen is 
the easiest form of energy utilization your body has in it. That's why when you take an uncoupler, an uncoupler is something that uncouples chemical reactions that occur in the body, that like a DMP, right? This breaks the cycle, the cycle of your body preserving glycogen. It shuts off the Krebs cycle, and it essentially forces your body after after systemic glycogen levels get low enough, your body will start will switch to mobilizing fat for fuel as the predominant source of fuel rather than glycogen for fuel, right? So DMP helps you get there. It depletes glycogen enough for this to happen because Krebs cycle shut off. ATP is not being produced. The energy is being produced in real time from the glycogen being pulled into cells that need it, and it's being burned off in real time. You get under a certain level of, of systemic glycogen, your body will not prefer to mobilize glycogen anymore i don't think we have research on what this is could be like 20 percent, 15 percent. because the reality is your organs utilize glycogen throughout the day for energy and so they need to have enough consistently your body doesn't care about the training your body cares about preserving itself to be healthy and to be able to thrive in order to reproduce right so you'll fit you'll switch over to mobilizing fat for energy at a much higher clip than you commonly would is actually a very healthy process for your body to number one undergo and number two to learn how to do when you're mobilizing fat as a main source of energy that energy lasts a little bit longer and you'll have you, you you'll notice most people who have, are kind of switching to a fat like if you ask if you talk to people who do the keto diet they'll talk about the mental clarity right? The mental clarity that they got once they went into a ketogenic state. Well, that's what lowering your glycogen levels to a certain place for whatever reason that I do not understand the, the feedback loops of that allows you to have extreme mental clarity. So this is also a side effect of when I, when I have an athlete utilize DMP in a prep setting, you're like, holy shit, man, like first couple of days was a little rough, but then after that, I just felt this insane mental clarity. I could get so much done and you kind of don't run out of the mental energy whatever reason that is when we're in a fat adapted state that happens like i said it's a pretty healthy place for your body to understand how to utilize as well because it makes you very 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 insulin sensitive i'm um, in that state but a depletion workout every single workout that you do is a depletion workout commonly when i see people who post things like this they're at a rather beginner level with their physique um i, I shouldn't say beginner like a beginner still a very good level of their physique, but like a beginning phase of a competition prep. Um, like you, you don't look like someone who's about to turn pro. Um, but we need to make sure at that stage, even you're not, you're not using these things for the wrong ways or the wrong, uh, the wrong implementation of strategy, right? If you're training during your peak week, we should still be training rather hard a majority of the time. Once we pull the training out, we allow the aldosterone to come down because the systemic insulin comes down. And rest is your best friend here. Don't worry about carving up. Don't worry about being fucking full on stage. Both those things are extremely overrated. Worry about looking your best. Your physique being full is very, 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 very rarely in its best state. Your physique having a good amount of blood volumization, which carbohydrates being introduced into a muscle cell can help, which proper sodium and hydration levels will promote. That is where you want to be. So make sure we're focusing on the right things. 
It's good to talk to you guys. I'm going to get a couple more podcasts out by the end of the year. But for now, I am off to Dallas. I will see you next time.